Welcome to the 14 News Podcast with your host, James Coppert. Oi, oi. It's 2022. Happy New Year, minkies. Whether at midnight, like the UK and the USA, you joined hands and sang Old Land Sign while kissing a loved one, or eating 12 grapes per 12 bell strikes as they do in Spain, or in Colombia, where people carry an empty suitcase around the block in a bid to aid them with good luck for their travel hopes of the coming year. Or if you jumped into the new year, like the Danes do, who leap from a chair at midnight. Another thing the Danes do, which is meant to be a lovely thing to do for your friends and families, is to go around to their home and throw plates and glasses at their door, smashing them in a way of getting rid of evil spirits from their home. Or maybe you dove down a hundred feet in a frozen lake wearing nothing but swim shorts and Santa hats at midnight with a decorated tree like the Russians for New Year. Or in the warmer climate of Brazil, carrying white flowers and candles to the shore of the ocean to make offerings to La Manja, a water deity, in the hope she will bless them with good luck for the coming year. Whether you sprinkle salt on your doorstep like the Turks, wear red underwear like the Italians, or hang in onions on your door like the Greeks, Whatever your traditions were, I wish to offer you, all of you, a happy new year. Much love, much happiness, and much good health for you, your family, and your loved ones, all through 2022. This is the 40th News Podcast. back with a proper show a proper proper show of actually what the podcast was originally intended to be so yeah thank you so much although some of you've been telling me you prefer my ramblings about my experiences and things instead but here we are um hopefully we can do it all anyway so yeah this is a proper show um all december's news um big shout out to andy robison melissa kim connor and everyone else that's been in touch on the email it's uh, i'm back in i've managed to respond to everyone now thank you so much for getting in touch and sorry it's taken so long i was locked out of the account and uh, glad to be back in and responding to everyone we're also on instagram twitter and facebook do get in touch um without you guys listening there wouldn't be a show there are millions of podcasts out there and you choose to listen to this and that means a lot to me and uh, i mean that genuinely it's, it takes a lot of work um, and it's so lovely that people do reply and respond and like it. Some of you even tell me it's your favourite show um, and, and that, you know, sometimes that brings tears to my eyes. Um, my kids will tell you how much work I put into this every single day and my partner as well has, has seen it now. And um, to, to know that you guys really enjoy it and, and it means a lot to you, means, means a lot to me as well. So thank you so much. It's really exciting times, actually. We, uh, again, on Player FM has put us in the top 10, 14 podcasts for 2022 at number two at the moment. So that's really good. Um, there was, I can't remember what it was. I saw an article out there that listed us in the top 10 best uh, 14 podcasts as well. And we're getting new listeners every day, uh, downloads every day and downloads from all over the world on every single con- continent now. We're still not massive listeners. Like, we're not talking thousands and thousands, but... Um, it's growing and I just want to thank all of you. 
just to give some context why it does mean so much to me, um, just to give you an idea. So this this last show has taken, um, I started writing in the Christmas break. Every single day that I had off, um, every weekend since and every night I've been working and writing, normally up to one or two in the morning. Um, the, the script, the, the skeleton script is 17,000 words, which is the equivalent of two university dissertations. Um, and anyone that's done university dissertation knows how much work and research and time that that takes just to, to write that up. So, um, yeah, on top of my job and working full time, it's uh, it's really uh, a lot of work. So a few of you have asked how you can repay me. Um, just tell someone, tell someone else to listen to the show. Um, leave a review. Those things really help more than you can ever imagine. Just getting one one new listener, they might tell two people, those two people might tell another 20 people. You know, that's how it works and that, that's the best way that you can help me. We don't, you know, it's just me at the moment um, doing everything. We don't have advertising budget or anything like that. And the fact that we are getting so many listeners and so many new people and, and hearing your emails, it's, um, it's mind-blowing. So thank you so, so much. Um, a few people, again, have, have been in touch about Patreon. Really lovely that you want to. And I'm going to say what I said before. Until I'm putting something out regularly every single month of a high quality, I don't feel co- like comfortable taking your money. Um, as I said, it, it could be something that we consider doing in the future when I am able to do something every single month. And um, we'd look at what, what we do on top of that to make it really worthwhile. So we're not just taking your money for absolutely nothing. We do have some big plans for 2022. I am going to try and put this out every single month. And I've also had an idea. I've got some of your um, kind of own stories being sent to me and um, asking my opinions and views. And um, also, you know, some of you'd like to know some of the things that have occurred to me and as well as just, you know, asking questions. I know there's some, uh, forgive me, I've forgotten your name, but um, you left a post on Facebook a long time ago after the Q&A show with some more questions that I want to answer. So I thought after each um, show is put out there, I'll leave it for a week, let you kind of get your messages in and then do a little sideshow um, and give you some of my experiences that have occurred as well. A few interesting things have happened. I've started just keeping a book now of just anything slight that happened so I can remember them and, and be able to feed those back to you. Um, not just to me, but to the people around me as well. These are recurring, which is really interesting. Also, as we get bigger, we've had you know more interest from different people that want to come on the show, which is amazing. Um, doing interviews with people isn't as much work as doing this show, so it's it's really easy to put it out there and, and great to talk to these people. I find it, I just love doing it. So we've got some uh, filmmakers coming up. We've made 14 films, we're going to interview them. We've got, uh, uh, some of you might listen to Weird AF News, a comedian called Jonesy who's been in Gotham. Um, he's a stand-up comedian and he puts out a podcast every single day. Jonesy focuses on the weird news rather than the paranormal more, but just on the weird side of things. But he's the guy's lovely um, and he's absolutely hilarious. So we're looking at just having a conversation, which I will probably be rolling about the floor laughing while, while speaking to him. It's going to be really interesting, so I'm really excited to have him on the show. Go check him out, Weird AF News available wherever you get a podcast that guy does it every single day he's superhuman i don't know how he does it with the amount of work that he takes um we're also looking at getting paul sinclair on um i've been in touch with paul recently about the hum in the woods and he was um he's really keen to come on and speak as well i know a lot of people have been asking for him so that's something i'm really excited excited about to bring you the uh the films interviews are in partnership with the 14 film festival 
do go to 40andfilmfestival.com and check it out. Um, I know a lot of you really enjoyed that interview with Tim Whittard. I, I really love speaking to him. What a wonderful guy. I'm going to bring him another interview back soon. He's been to a story that, that is featured here, um, which we'll speak about later on, and uh, it'd be great to hear that. And just hear how the, the festival's going on. I hope loads of you went and checked it out and left a message. It'd be brilliant. It's such an exciting event. I can't wait to uh, to go again this year. So go check it out, 40andfilmfestival.com. Great to be in partnership with them. It's an absolute honour. Um, I'm really looking forward to interviewing these these film producers who've made some amazing work, and I'm, I know you're going to find it fascinating. Look, this is your show. Um, I'm really happy to uh, take your comments and ideas and, you know, change change it to what you like. I know some of you have said you prefer <laughs> my, my just ramblings and philosophy ideas um rather more than than what i'm doing today and that's great that's lovely and i say hopefully the the other show will will be kind of more like that what i'd like to do if i ever got time was to put one out each week with the week's news so it's it's a weekly thing um and it's not just a massive job and doing it for 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 a month but that's maybe something that happens if if this ever becomes a full-time job who knows um and last of all just before we get onto the news I've had a couple of emails, a couple of found found the podcast, strangely, just through the one-off that I did right at the beginning about ADHD. Again, you know, really happy um, for you to get in touch with anything about ADHD. I, I delivered two lectures last week on ADHD, one about understanding ADHD and one about um, how to parent and work with schools to better support people with ADHD. I'm very passionate about it um, and it's the best thing about me and the worst thing about me, in the words of Lord Carner. Um, so yeah, happy happy to do that. It, it, I did originally want to do a separate podcast completely about ADHD and neurodiversity, autism, um, but just haven't had time. Uh, maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll finish the 20 books I'm writing as well, but we'll see. <laughs> and I also just want to say a massive shout out to uh, to my partner Candy, who has supported me so much with this show. She's kind of cooked dinner so I can just work on it and get it out there and and done all those other things and just been really supportive and complimentary and just wonderful so I thank you Candy um I really do appreciate it and really appreciate you as well um appreciate all of you listening and here we go this is it it's exciting a proper show here we go Well, 2021 and 2020 was pretty uh, was pretty rubbish, wasn't it? But I just thought before I begin with the news, I'll give you some of the predictions. And uh, 2022 is looking like a bundle of laughs, if we believe uh, Nostradamus and Baba Vanga, you know. So first of all, Nostradamus, who's predicted uh, an asteroid is going to hit the Earth. There'll be rising living costs, which will lead to starvation and hunger. And one of his predictions being interpreted as this being the year that AI will finally take over and burn us all as people. And um, maybe that will add to the climate being worse as we're all being burnt, as there seems to be address a new climate crisis. So all in all, a pretty jolly, jolly thing there. And uh, blind mystic Baba Vanga from Bulgaria, who many have claimed makes many prophecies that have come absolutely true. Is also keeping with the happy themes. She stated that Australia and many Asian countries will be hit by bouts of intense floods. And if COVID wasn't scary enough, Vanga stated a new virus will appear from melting ice in Siberia. A virus that was previously encased and frozen will come out and, uh, yeah, wipe, wipe a lot of us out as well. 
The joy just keeps coming with her predicting that many cities will be hit by a water crisis and Rajasthan, Gujarat and Madhya Pradesh will be hit by a swarm of locusts causing intense famine in India. And she's also weirdly predicted that virtual reality um, or the AI within it will start to take over. And finally, that an asteroid, asteroid named Umamua will be sent to Earth by aliens to seek out new life. So lots of things there to look forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to it already. Whoop, whoop for 2022 already. Let's go. Come on. Woo. Here is all December's paranormal news. News 18 has reported My Dream Job is in China, where you can be hired to see if a house is haunted for potential buyers. All you have to do is stay 24 hours and see if any activity occurs. I'm definitely down with that, especially if you leave some biscuits and lapsang sushong and uh, maybe, maybe some, you know, just send some takeaways. I will do that for you, potentially even free of charge. So yeah, just give us a shout, normal email address. The Plymouth Herald has reported that Plimpton House, built in 1720, was once a private home, was then turned into a lunatic asylum, their words, and has now been converted into a gated community. However, these expensive apartments are complete with door knocking, with no one there, and a certain Dr. Duck who keeps being seen around the building. It doesn't state if that's a, a duck that's also a doctor, or Dr. Duck's his name. Um, quackers, yeah. According to the Daily Star, Philip Jackson from Barrow and Furnace went for a walk in Tarn Howells in the Lake District to take some photos of the silhouetted trees against an eerie light. The photographer did indeed capture some stunning photos of the beautiful landscape, but something else caught his eye when examining his day's work when he returned home. There appears to be a figure of a light child in pyjamas, captured alone in the wilderness, dressed inappropriately for a British winter's day. The child is looking up to the sky and standing on an almost vertical slope covered in foliage. Philip did not notice the shape while he took the picture, which must surely be a trick of the light and paradelia. Nevertheless, it's a highly convincing one due to the proportions of the shape being very human. Have a look, email me and let me know what you think. Wales Online reports that in the shadows of the hills and mountains of the Monmarshar district, there sits an old pub called the Skirid Mountain Inn which is steeped in history and infamous for its paranormal and eerie reputation. Some historians claim the inn was used by Owen Glyndor to rally his troops before raiding nearby settlements sympathetic to English in the revolt against Henry VIII. It is so old there is even a custom still practised that it is said to have inspired Shakespeare. The Welsh Pukar Cup is a small tankard of beer left outside for the devil to drink, hoping he will have a sip and move on without coming in the inn. Although it may keep visiting forces out, there is already plenty going on in the inside of the inn. 300 metres up the road from the pub is the grave of Fanny Price. Yes, stop you giggling, that was her name, Fanny Price, which, where I'm from, is the cost of propositioning a lady of the night. Fanny died in the 1800s, and she's meant to reside in the pub, where her presence is first recognised by a strong scent of musty lavender and the sound of a crinkling dress. The paper says Fanny is thought to have been spotted around a dozen times since the landlord has been at the inn. That surprises me, actually. She can't be that much of a typical Welsh girl if Fanny's only been spotted a dozen times in that entire time that he's been there. She was reported to have died in her 30s, leaving children behind, and is almost ever-present in the upstairs rooms. 
When ladies go to sleep leaving their jewellery out, they wake to find it has been rearranged in an almost kaleidoscope pattern. The landlord is Jeff Fiddler, and let's just be grateful he wasn't around in the 1800s, because he could have met Fanny and got married, and let's be honest, nobody wants to meet a Fanny Fiddler, do they? Anyway, he hasn't seen the spectre of Fanny, but he has seen one apparition, which he describes as being the sort of figure you see on the side of a Toby jug. A coachman with a tricoloured hat and a long scarlet coat, which appeared to him in broad daylight. He said, the weirdest thing he was, he wasn't scared. Him, not the ghost. Even though he's scared now, thinking about it. At the time, he saw it. It felt more like amazement. The first week he stayed at the pub, it was empty, and Jeff's grandson was saying over. He went to the toilet, but ran back and told Jeff he couldn't go, as a man in a long dress wouldn't let him in. Jeff said he's interested in the ghost as he's fascinated about history and from the sounds of it the pub has much of it from the local courts being held there leading to people being hanged to other people from lords to peasants who must have sat round the Tudor fireplace telling their tales. However, despite people being scared of the ghost he stated there's only ever been one malevolent incident. A lady suddenly ran down the stairs in complete distress absolutely wet with a coat on as she left the room immediately as she was taking a bath and someone held her under the water, but when she looked up, she could see that no one was there. She said, she tried to kill me, because she was certain it was a woman. I wonder if it was the ghost of Fanny. Imagine being telling everyone that you were almost drowned by Fanny. Anyway, the woman packed her stuff up and left there and then. Other incidents have also occurred, like money hovering in mid-air above the bar, and people have heard a baby crying in the night. Despite owning the pub for 16 years, Good old Jeff Fiddler still feels uneasy there, knowing he's not alone, and says, People ask me if I believe in ghosts, and I say I'm not sure, but I can tell you this. There is something not right here. Chris Romer, chairman of the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena, has described some footage recorded on December the 12th as the best sighting of 2021. A security static camera set up on a quiet residential street shows a light suddenly appear, and bob along like it's being held in someone's hand before dropping down a level and vanishing out of sight. Chris does state that although it's amazing footage, it is probably someone holding a mobile phone, reported the Daily Star. If this is the answer, then it's even more mysterious as to how it appears, disappears and goes down a level while maintaining a natural human stride without seeing a body holding said phone. The lady who captured the footage said she doesn't believe in paranormal things, but... It starts off as a person and ends as a ball. One of my neighbours has a camera out and he didn't pick it up either. If it was someone walking, then the other camera would have picked it up. The man next door said, before there were houses on this road, there was a company that made bricks where the workers wore head torches, so it could be one of them. It is highly probable that there is a more logical explanation to the video. The camera's frame rate, after all, is very low, making fast movements blurred. But could this be corpse candles? Willow of the Whiffs, an entity holding a lantern, an orb, or the world's crappiest UFO. Watch the video yourself and you decide. We've all felt like we have those days where the metaphorical black cloud is following us, but for one Portland man, it proved to be literal. On the 21st of December, around 23.30, reported Phantom and Monsters, a man was driving back from visiting friends on a relatively clear night. Around 10 minutes into his journey, travelling at 60 miles per hour, 97 kilometres per hour, he noticed he was being followed by a small translucent dark cloud 
which kept pace with him for over 10 miles. He described it as pitch black and around 5 feet, and 25 to 30 feet long. After a while, getting understandably freaked out, he tried to change lanes on the freeway and lost sight of it, thinking it had vanished but was disheartened to find it had reappeared right beside the driver's window. He took the exit home and it vanished, only to reappear again, this time on the passenger side. It kept pace with the car, floating over it, side by side, until the man reached his driveway where the cloud vanished again. He said even the dog that always, without fail, barks at neighbours' cars stood behind the fence, staring blankly. The man told his story to his wife and described himself as being terrified, in disbelief of what had happened. After 3am, his elder brother returned home and straight away could tell his younger brother and his wife were visibly shaken from the strange encounter, and so he told him his story. His brother suggested they go out and check the car over and see if they could find any strange markings or damage. He said after around 10 minutes, his brother started, in his words, talking crap about how to get rid of demons, but stopped mid-sentence and said, Did you feel that? As a sudden coldness enveloped them. Then, from out of nowhere, he was punched hard in his ribcage with a force that threw him into his older brother, and he posted a photo of the bruising on the site. The man ran inside crying and shaking. I'll keep you posted on this story, if any updates become available. Andrea Rincon is an Argentinian celebrity and actress who appeared on the country's Big Brother show. She has claimed she was exorcised by a priest and then was haunted by a demon, which, to be honest, I mean, I'm no expert, but in most places it is normally the other way around of doing things. She revealed on the radio show, Una Dio Perfecto, that she had some strange paranormal activity occurring in her life, so a friend advised her that she get some holy support and contacted a priest. At first, Andrea is reluctant, as she isn't religious, but a friend doesn't relent, and in the end, she submits to advice and allows the priest to see her. The priest enters her home, puts his hand on her back and started praying, and at that moment, Andrea fell on the ground and started convulsing. Terrified, she wondered when would it end, and stated that a demon grabbed her by the feet and another by her shoulders, and she came to and threw the water, thinking she'd been drugged. However, the priest told her that it was now over. It was quiet for a short time after that, but then the haunting continued, but up a few notches. She called the priest and told her that she can hear them making noise in the room and the priest stated, they've been with you for a long time and not just going to leave you so quickly. In the end, Andrea left her home and moved in with her father. She said, I packed my bags and went to live at my dad's house. I started sleeping with my brother for about three months, which I didn't know was legal in Argentina and probably wouldn't help to be honest. The experience has made her reach for the Bible more and become a devout Catholic according to the report. Cowboy Lifestyle Network, not a publication I'm usually an avid reader of, if I'm honest, published an article about Virginia City. Virginia City, Nevada, is supposedly home to the Silver Queen Hotel, where ghosts are heard running around the hotel tapping on windows. Also, there is the Fourth Ward School, where the ghost of a teacher is searching for a pupil haunt, so maybe she should check her eye sockets. The Sugarloaf Mountain Motel has strange laughter and heavy breathing when you enter, footsteps and moving doors. And Piper's Opera House apparently has lots of hauntings, with the ghost of spirits setting up, performing, and even watching a show. I always find it really interesting that theatres seem to have haunting presence all the time, and stories around them. We had the Futurist Theatre in this town, and there was two stories that were really well known. One was that people on staff would go on the top floor in the staffing areas, and it was as if they were suddenly transported back in time for a few seconds. And again, it was reported by, by numerous people. 
But the really famous story is a cleaner once uh, fell from the top balcony when she was cleaning onto the onto the floor below. And so many staff, even someone that I actually spoke to who worked there, said that they genuinely would see a woman falling and screaming, hear the thump, and they'd run to where she landed and would vanish completely. Unfortunately, that theatre's now been demolished. And I do often wonder if that residual energy of whatever that was still occurs, but just out of thin air, or whether it's attached to the building bricks, you know, the, the, the things that make up the building. Um, no one's reported anything since being there, and it was such a regular recurrence. Um, to the staff that worked there that you would have thought it would so it must be connected to that building itself which is interesting isn't it a 16 year old boy was sadly killed by a haunted house on december the 1st reported by malaysian news outlet kosomo Mohamed saharil had visited a haunted house a well-known tourist attraction in bentong pahang which scared the boy so much he had takotsubo cardiomyopathy which is where his heart literally gave in with fright. Interestingly, and very sadly, this condition is on the increase, particularly in the USA due to COVID-related stress and anxiety, which, to be honest, me telling you that fact hasn't probably helped either, so go get a cup of tea and come back. The Cornish ghost whisperers have spotted a face at a window of a haunted church, reported Cornwall Live. They were filming in the allegedly haunted Kea Church near Truro, and have stated they captured the face of a ghost staring right back at them. There is actually no doubt there is a face staring at them back from the footage. But is it a ghost? I think not. I have no doubt at all. This ghost is in fact the face of an owl, mainly due to the fact it looks exactly like an owl. However, I don't want to mock my fellow ghost hunters too much, as the joke could be on me because it could be a dead owl, and therefore an owl ghost. Slightly more convincing was some footage shared by the Independent of the Long Arms, a pub in North Dorset. A seemingly normal and quiet night in the pub is disturbed by a glass exploding on the bottom shelf, throwing glass outwards, much to the shock of the barmaid, who raises her hand in submissive fear. The customer she was serving waves his fingers singing the Twilight Zone theme, while the landlord tells her he told her so. Skeptics have claimed something must have fallen on the glass, but Rob Alcock states that this would be impossible because it is a single glass they are not touching and it's toughened Guinness glass with the bottom blown out of it. It was placed upside down on a hygienic drip mat with nothing touching it. There is no way anything could have hit it. It looked like someone had crushed it from the top. The pub is reputably haunted by a ghost named George. Saucy George likes pushing men into the toilets and also pushing the back of the head. He also appears, but disappears immediately when they look, as well as pushing open doors for people. Other people report seeing a little black and white dog, which appears and then disappears from view. Japan's Fumio Koshida has made headlines around the world for being the first premier in over eight years to stay in the official prime minister's residence. Yoshihide Sugo and Shinzo Abe, the previous prime minister, refused to stay there, but Fumio Kishida states he slept soundly and has not seen any ghosts yet. The haunting began in 1936 when an attempted coup led by young military officers who assassinated many senior officials including the finance minister now roam the hallways as lost souls. Even though the building is maintained in prime Tokyo real estate by taxpayers' money, the last two Prime Ministers have refused to stay in the building, with 80 years of witness testimonies of actual sightings of the dead, 
Even in the garden where men in military uniform have been sighted, and even the former Prime Minister, Yoshiro Mori, stating on record he had seen spectres in the building. Despite this, as a show of bravery, the new Prime Minister slept soundly and said he feels fresh as a daisy after his first night in the building. And apologies to my Japanese listeners if I've butchered those names. Travel.com published an article about the ancient Ram Inn, stating that it was genuinely haunted, not just a thing of myth and rumour. Known as the most haunted house in Britain, it's built in 1145 in Watton under Edge, Stroud in Gloucestershire. Before even the building was a home, it was a pagan burial ground 5,000 years ago, and interestingly sits atop intersecting ley lines, giving it an already rich history of energies. When nearby St Mary's Church was being built, they built the ancient ram to house stonemasons and slaves who were involved in the church's construction. Also, the village's streams route was diverted from the church to the area around the ram, with pagans believing you were opening a portal for dark energy which then flows towards the building. Legend has it that once the church was built, the slaves and masons left the home, which was then purchased by a lady who was accused of being a witch and executed although many believe she did not leave and is still there in the named witch's room where she hid before she was captured and killed and many say carried on haunting. History continued until the Rams Inn was facing destruction until it was bought by John Humphreys in 1968. The first night he stayed there he was grabbed by the arm and pulled out of his own bed by invisible malevolent forces and happy by his presence. It was Humphreys that from his years living there found evidence of ritual sacrifice and devil worship in the building. So much so was the happenings occurring that Humphrey's wife and kids moved out after refusing to spend another minute in that house. This wasn't helped when Humphreys found skeletal remains of children under the staircase. Rumours of a former innkeeper's daughter being murdered in the attic people being exercised and continual violence throughout history have fueled the paranormal draw to this site, with many people witnessing apparitions and strange lights. People say they feel an intense melancholy and dreadful foreboding when they're in the building, which includes the residual presence of a Roman soldier on horseback riding through the walls, a phantom shepherd and his dog, evil monks, and many people staying in the bishop's room and seeing bishops of the past who used to stay there reappear. Sounds like a place has plenty of spirit to keep going another few centuries yet. The Ram Inn appeared in the news for a second time in December, after Gloucestershire Live reported that a paranormal investigator saw a disconnected leg in medieval dress walk down the stairs as soon as he entered. Obviously, he must have been a previous patron who died after getting absolutely legless. Investigator Dean Buckley said, It was just one leg and moving like it was walking. It was surrounded by some kind of yellow aura. It was dressed in 14th century clothing with a show and was definitely a male leg and then it disappeared down to the step to the right. He also said he stood by the leather jacket of the previous owner and big character, the enigmatic John Humphreys, who infamously claimed to be attacked by a succubus every night and while stood there, he heard a male grunt. They also heard footsteps in the bishop's room and while downstairs, heard banging upstairs, so investigated upstairs, and while up, they heard banging downstairs. Veronica had said it seemed peaceful. If that's her, I'd have peaceful, I wouldn't like tea and cake at her house. The Eastern Daily Press told the story of the Diglington Bells on December the 14th. In 1965, 
PC Williams was confused as to why the Didlington church bells were tolling late at night, so he went to investigate. As soon as he reached the door, the ominous bells ceased to chime. He thought he had disturbed an intruder, and finding the doors locked, he went to retrieve the hidden key. When he entered the church, he found no other sign of entry or exit and found the church to be completely empty, all except the rope to the bell tower, swinging back and forth, and a search found no one in the building. Terrified, he finished for the night and cycled home. Recalling the story to an older man in the pub, he was told what he heard was a funeral bell, making the experience even more creepy. We have the RSPCA and the RSPB, and now we need the RSPCG, Royal Society for the Protection of Cruelty to Ghosts. Why? Well, Demi Lovato was on an investigation with friends Matthew Scott and Chris Smith at Vulture City in Arizona and discovered what they thought was the ghost of a woman in a brothel who had experienced so much trauma at the hands of men. As if this wasn't enough, that this poor soul had gone through these terrible experiences in life, she then went through the harrowing ordeal of dying and to be trapped into the living realm. I already felt sorry for her. But as if that wasn't enough, Lovato decided she would make things even more horrific by singing Skyscraper to it in order to heal her trauma. This cruel, horrific abuse has to end. Let's start a petition today. That poor soul. Birmingham Live has reported that a ghost has been spotted on Google Street View in the window of Dudley Castle. Although earlier this year, a ghost of a little drummer boy was spotted by the site by a mum and a family. The sighting on Google Street View could be absolutely anything, so we have to rule out absolutely anything before we can decide it's a ghost. The Darlington and Stockton Times republished a story it last printed in December 150 years ago that was a ghost story, but I quote, has the evidence of so many persons it cannot be rejected. Ellerton-on-Swale in North Yorkshire was the home to a widow woman who lived in a roadside cottage with a grandchild. At 2pm on December the 15th, someone kept rapping on a door, but when she answered, there was no one there. That was just the beginning, as then the common poltergeist activity of stone throwing occurred when a home was pelted by hours of barrages of stones being thrown. This alerted the neighbours, who all came out to defend her, but found no source as to where the stones were coming from. The stones stopped raining near the time of midnight, but began again the next morning, continuing into the afternoon. The original report stated, Strange to say, every stone was aimed at the windows with such unnerving presence that there is scarcely a whole pane left in any of them. Some stones were larger than a man's hand, which entirely does away with the supposition they had been thrown by catapults. Look, it's never good when an old lady gets repeatedly stoned. When they asked the lady who they thought it was that was causing this, she ascribed the attack as a visitation by the evil one with greatest consternation. But in his defence, I don't think Michael Gove was alive back then, so it can't have been him. North Ants Live published the story of a Christmas bride haunting the ruins of St John the Baptist Church in Borton, West Northamptonshire. The ghost had been sighted for hundreds of years, said the report, but if you do spot her, you'll wish you hadn't. Legend says at Christmas time, a young happy couple were blissfully married at the church. After the ceremony, they left St John's to begin their beautiful lives together, but mere hours later, the groom died suddenly, leaving a devastated bride to become an instant grieving widow. 
Unable to deal with the loss of a life's love, but also the death of her future, a month later the bride returned to the host of their happy ceremony and took her own life, leading to a plethora of paranormal sightings. In fact, she can be seen walking the ruins every Christmas Eve. Local historian Marion Pipe stated that it was recorded that a farmer named William Parker was passing the church on Christmas Eve in 1875. There he saw a pretty ginger-haired young woman perched atop the churchyard wall wearing a flimsy dress in the English winter's cold. She asked the young farmer if he would sit beside her and unable to refuse such a bonny lass, he did just that. Are you married? she asked young William, who replied truthfully with a no. Then meet me here in a month's time, she said. And of course he readily agreed. And with that, she kissed him softly upon his lips and floated down the path, leaving William Parker confused that her feet made no sound as she disappeared into the distance. And it was just then he shivered and felt a dread, knowing he'd just met the infamous Bortum ghost bride. It wasn't just the fact he'd seen a ghost which made William have such a troubled knot on his brow, but the village superstition stating that if one met this sexy spectre, they would soon befall tragedy and die themselves shortly after. Exactly four weeks later, a month to the day the lady agreed to return, records state that William Parker died January the 24th, 1876. Another Christmas tale was published by Lancashire Live, which tells the story of a young soldier named Billy from Clitheroe. Billy left the town and the cotton mill he worked at behind, to fight the tide of fascism in 1939. After a stint in northern France, he survived the evacuation of Dunkirk and returned home to his town, where upon arrival he kissed the ground when he got off the train. Months later, the 19-year-old was sent to Crete, this time with his young friend, the 17-year-old John Grimes. John wanted to join, but his reluctant parents would only agree if Billy promised to protect the boy. Of course... Billy swore he would, and he meant it. But, in 1941, the Greek island was under attack by German forces. Under fire, Billy screamed at his friend to take cover behind a truck, but tragically, before he found blessed shelter, a bullet struck John from a rifle of a German sniper and left him to breathe his very last breath. With a guilt-laden heart, Billy was captured and placed in a prisoner of war camp in Poland, where he wrote letters to John's parents, having felt he was at fault for breaking his oath to them. Of course, the mourning parents told Billy it was not him at fault, and he had tried to keep their boy safe, and they were grateful to him for it, but poor Billy could not shake the desperate guilt that laid in his heart. Decades later, an older Billy went to watch a Christmas play at the TA Hall in Clitheroe. Billy was late to leave, and stood outside smoking a cigarette, when he heard someone whisper, Billy! Billy. He turned and saw, stood there, in British Army uniform, his young dead friend John Grimes. Young John looked lovingly at his pal, with a big smile on his face. As wonderful it was for Billy to see this smiling face, it also instantly filled him with a strong feeling of guilt, but John raised a hand and said, Billy, I'm fine now. Don't worry about me. He then turned and smiled at his buddy and slowly vaporised, becoming the light of the night itself. Billy stood there with tears rolling down his face and felt as if it had lifted his burden, which he had carried for so many years. 
The Liverpool Echo ran a story on December the 11th after Adam Billing and Chris Cummings have gained compelling evidence of a spirit communication while investigating Rake Cemetery in Wallasey in the Wirral. The investigators, who were named Haunted Scouse, said the night had been relatively quiet for the pair until they turned on the spirit talker. The first words that came out were graveyard and family. They next heard the William turned and there was a grave with the same name on it and the same thing happened with the name Charles. Twice is a coincidence. But when the same thing happened with the words Margaret, the ghost hunters were then convinced. At least they stuck around and carried on investigating. Unlike ghost hunters in Portsmouth, led by Amir Jardin, who was exploring Fort Gillica with his girlfriend Amy Notley and his aunt Suzanne Singleton, who instead of celebrating the capture of evidence, fled in terror. Amir said, As soon as we got into the building, we felt like we were being watched, and there were noises coming from all angles. There were knocks and noises every few minutes in different directions, and felt like something was playing with us. When they reached the underground tunnels, things really started heating up. Amir asked the camera if anyone is there to come and say hello, when they describe what sounds like someone dropping something, but to me sounds like a bloke sneezing. When they were separated, Amir called for Susan, and the name was whispered back to them, and that's when they decided to leave. I'll let you listen to the audio here. Oh, well, I don't know which way to go, but this place has got so that many way. tunnels. Let's go this way. way. If there's anyone here, do you want to come and say hello? Come and say hello in the camera so we can hear you. What are your views? So they said it sounded like someone dropping something in the first bit that replayed twice. Um, I said it sounds like someone sneezing. It potentially could be someone in there. You know, there's homeless that sometimes um, are in these buildings that are kind of derelict and open that could contaminate the scene. There could be other ghost hunters in there. Um, who knows? Um, if, if they didn't stick around, they probably didn't find the source. And also, I'm not too convinced about them saying Susan um, at the end, again, which was replayed twice. What do you think? Let me know. Again, in those kind of derelict buildings, there could be, you know, bats, pigeons, all sorts flapping around and sound echoes and vibrates and moves all over the place. So it's, uh, it's quite hard to determine unless it's something kind of absolute. I don't know if anyone listening goes to this building. I'd happily come down and investigate with you and have a look what's there. It'd be really interesting. Anyway, on to the next story. No one particularly wants to be haunted, but if you had to choose, most people wouldn't choose Hitler. A sentence that has probably not been on many podcasts, to be honest, either. However, the Daily Record reported that actor Robert Carlyle felt haunted after agreeing to stay in a hotel room once occupied by the Val dictator and his mistress, Eva Braun. The room in the Czech Republic has remained relatively unchanged since Adolf's stay in 1938, and Robert said he felt something spooky as he entered. That's what she said. This month, Teesside News reported one of my favourite local folk tales regarding the Lake Samawata, nestled in North Yorkshire Dales near Wensydale. Legend says 
There was a thriving little town around the Blue Lake, and the residents were prosperous and rich. One cold, dark winter, an angel came to visit. He was disguised as a beggar, all shabby and dirty, with bedraggled clothes, and came to the town to ask for food and drink. After unsuccessfully begging in the marketplace, he went from door to door, pleading for just some water and something to put his hungry stomach at ease, and one by one he was knocked back and refused. On he went, until he reached the poor area on the outskirts of the town, far from the lake, and here it was those with little to give gave the most. He thanked them, and transformed into his true self, so mind-blowingly beautiful they had to shield their eyes. As he turned, he spread his wings and uttered a curse, and the waters began to rise, leaving only those at the poor end of the town above the water. It is said to this day, you can hear the bells ring under the lake. There is actually some truth in this, as I was told by a local that sometimes the water receded, which exposed the bell tower of the church, which indeed, in the early days, start ringing, with the ghost bells terrifying the locals so much that the local authority went and removed them. However, legend has it that even those can still be heard ringing, every time the water recedes. Can a book be paranormally hazardous? This is the question posed by Nick Redfern in his article published on the 28th of December. He states that David Weatherly's brilliant book on black-eyed children has caused some issues when the book was released. David found he could talk about a wide range of paranormal subjects, but as soon as he started talking about black-eyed kids, electronic issues would occur. If it was a radio or podcast interview, issues would crop up, strange sounds would disrupt the show, calls would be dropped, and strange clicking sounds would come in from nowhere. My question is, do these entities not want publicity, or is the government tuning in? However, David also received an email from a lady called Jane, who said every time she starts to read the book, the electronics in a house go wonky, from a garage door opening by itself, or time is being set on a cooker. My question, is it in relation to the subject matter, or is her anxiety related to the subject causing electronic telekinetic effects? It is reported that at least a dozen people have reported the same issues to David. So it would stand to reason there'll be others who think that it's silly and not mention it, and others who throw the book out and never mention it again. Similarly, Bender Mystery Confirmed was said to be an evil book. The book regarding UFOs had so many readers also experience phenomenon when reading the book. There was even the novel Rosemary's Baby, and a reader, Paul, attributed to reading it to making a dogman appear in his home. I must admit I was a little anxious when I recently bought Belanger's Dictionary of Demons if I would be inviting something into my home, but so far nothing different has happened. <laughs> Probably in any room for anything else, is there? Thinking about it, reading websites could be the same, because I know plenty of people who kind of read Tinder and find that a malevolent spectre suddenly appears in their life. And finally, The Sun reported a viral video in which a cat is allegedly grabbed and pulled by an unknown force. The cat's owner claimed she was home alone and upstairs sleeping in bed when the event occurred. On camera are a dog and two cats in the lounge. A cat then enters the room from the kitchen and another named Hooks begins to follow. But there are a number of noises in the kitchen, like a chair moving. Each time the noise occurs, the dog and cats all jump. Then suddenly, Hook is seemingly grabbed and hurled backwards at speeds. Is someone off camera? grabbing their cat cruelly for a prank, which seems to be the most obvious conclusion. But if there was a person in the kitchen, the animals would know it's there and not jump and look so terrified when the noises are made. Watch the video and email me, 
fortinnewspodcast at gmail.com and give me your views and I'll share them on the show. news from December. Investigative filmmaker Jeremy Corbell appeared on Fox Primetime stating that the USA military has officially confirmed that there's been an increase of UFO sightings and although it cannot be determined if these are extraterrestrial, interdimensional or foreign military, they are flying in restricted USA airspace. He also stated that some of the UFOs are reported to be transmedium, meaning they seemingly travel in the air, sea and space. And lucky for us, he states legislation is being pushed through to bring in more transparency to the subject. UFO god Scott C. Waring has been scouring Google Earth and found a love heart-shaped hole in the ice. Within it was a huge disc shape measuring around 40 metres wide. Of course, excited Scott saw this as a sign. It's a love heart with a disc in the middle. It must be a crash UFO. Where Scott sees a UFO, I see an algae bloom or thinner ice with an air bubble. Nevertheless, Scott stated, This is blowing my mind. It is in Antarctica, and it's around 40 metres across, sitting in an area that looks like a heart. I think this is the big one, guys, the real deal. I imagine as soon as after I release this video, some government somewhere will come and retrieve it. Scott is certain this is an alien disc, and let's be honest, he'll be using the photo on his next Valentine's card next month. Please excuse the odd little noises in the background. Pumpkin cat's sat next to me and cleaning herself. And if I put her out, she'll just scratch on the door to come back in. So it's better if we just let get on with it and continue. The US Sun reported that the nativity painting entitled Madonna and Child with the Infant Saint John has proof of ancient aliens. The painting, dating back to the 16th century but has an unknown artist, has sparked a debate between ufologists and historians. Ufologist thinks it's evidence of the artist documenting aliens landing on Earth in spaceships and linking it in with the story of Jesus, while historians claim it represents an opening for angels to enter from heaven. Having studied the painting myself, I believe it is an exact painting of a shelled, salted pistachio. Tweet Town published a video on December the 17th of a huge number of unidentified lights flying in the sky above New Jersey, USA. Although my first view is these are potential lanterns that have been launched, the video is worth watching just for the most ghetto gangster narration on a UFO video ever. The Independent has reported there were eight reports of UFOs in 2021 over Northern Ireland, an increase from six the previous year. These include a spaceship and flashing lights in the Downpatrick area, white lights following a helicopter who then reported them to the police an odd disc in the sky above the Slemish area. There were strange images captured on Newton Bury House outside on their CCTV, and in Saintfield area there was a dome-shaped object searching the skies. However, in the Lisbon area, one girl reported that aliens were in a bedroom, with officials claiming that lockdown has created more people going out and looking up at the sky in the hopes of seeing one. Russian ufologist Yuri Senkin has told News Russia that aliens are living amongst us, but not how we probably imagine possibly explaining where Putin comes from. It's a joke. Please don't kill me. He stated 
that it's unlikely they are created in the image of a human, as the exposure due to technology is far too great. Instead, he believes, aliens use humans as a Trojan horse, carrying alien technology or DNA inside them. In 2003, a tiny skeleton, similar to a human's, was found, except it had a cone-shaped skull and was missing two ribs. The skeleton was found by a treasure hunter in the Atacama Desert in Chile, by an abandoned church near the town of La Noria. Its peculiar-shaped skull, with large slanted eyes and ten instead of the usual twelve ribs, along with it only being six inches long, sparked a large amount of speculation, with many claiming it to be of alien origin. The mystery, for once, however, has been solved. Scientists have confirmed that this is in fact a female human child, with a number of genetic disorders who died just before or just after her birth, and the family, for whatever reason, buried her at the abandoned site. And let's hope that this poor little person can now be put at peace. The Daily Star and the New York Post both covered a story regarding a Reddit user posting a photo similar to that of the Nuremberg incident of 1561, where strange tubular celestial objects were spotted in the sky. However, the likelihood that this space technology has remained the same since the 16th century is like aliens visitors riding on horseback and in the 21st century still doing the same. I want to thank listener Tom who sent an article from UFO Sightings Footage entitled Bizarre Figure Seen in a Field on Christmas Eve 2021 asking what do I think? I'm sorry Tom, to me it looks like snot on a window. I just don't see what the author is obviously excited about. Um, Tom, you didn't let me know what you think, but um, email me back and let me know what your thoughts are. I just can't see the figure. According to the South China Post, the People Liberation Army, the PLA, in China, has its own UFO task force and has reported a big increase in the sightings the Chinese military is reporting. They have a three-tiered system and aim to gather as much information as possible. The article states that PLA gathers intel and reports from radar the Royal Air Force, eyewitnesses, police, weather stations and Chinese observatories amongst others. The information is processed by the military and if they find it of interest forwards the reports to PLA headquarters. Here they assign a threat level to each report which is based on the object's behaviour, physical features and other variables. However sightings have increased and public servants are overwhelmed by the levels being reported. Sadly, only one has been confirmed as an official sighting from 1998 when a mushroom-shaped object was intercepted by two jets flying low over an airbase in Kangzhou, Hebei province, which accelerated at superhuman speed and then vanished. Actually, uh, funnily enough, we after I, I interviewed Tim, um, we started to get downloads in China and Hong Kong. So just a massive shout-out to those people listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I don't know whether it's just people listening or whether Tim's really upset the Chinese government and the PLA are tuning in. Either way, whether you're just a citizen or the PLA, um, go and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, give you a shout on the show, get in touch. You know, I don't care if you're PLA, I'll happy to do it. And like I said to Putin, please don't kill me. It's only a joke. Thank you very much. This next one's really good and I urge everyone that hasn't seen it to uh, just go on Google now and have a look. Incredible footage was released and reported by multiple news outlets around the world and was filmed by a commercial jet pilot who recorded 12 UFOs flying over the Pacific. In the truly amazing footage, 12 white-lit craft fly in formation 
of four just above the clouds before vanishing as if wiped out from our reality. Of course, these pilots would be notified of any other aircraft flying nearby, even if it was military, so to hear the pilot absolutely mystified as to what they are, despite him flying all the time and viewing what different craft are, you can tell he's perplexed as to what he's seeing, which makes this an even more fascinating video. News outlets also reported other footage emerging of a series of lights above a house in the USA. These did at first look like laser lights moving about a bit like fish in a pool of water, but also included some stationary lights that seemed to have no source unless projected from above the clouds. The Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences have published a paper stating they found ammonia in the clouds above Venus. This has been determined not to have been produced by chemical processes on the planet itself and must come from a biological source which processes the acid, turning it into ammonia, much like microbes in our guts do. Could this, potentially, be life on Earth's closest cousin? If indeed we did find out true intelligent life is in space, NASA wanted to know how the world's religions would react, so they set up a group of 24 theologians for a year-long programme called the Societal Implications of Astrobiology, as reported by the Times and other news outlets. The group included thinkers from a number of different religions and tasked them with working out what would happen if new life was discovered, which altered what would be the traditional teachings of religions and God, etc. It turns out that Christians, Jews, Buddhists, Hindus and Muslims all could, in the words of Reverend Dr Andrew Davison, part of the group, take it in their stride. In fairness, through the age of scientific discovery, most religions have adapted their teachings and philosophy to evolve with new learning, so why would this make any difference? I suppose if you believe in a creator, she could also create other planets and life. I mean, the Bible says that God created this one in only six days and was shattered and just had one day's rest. Imagine what God could do if she worked through weekends as well. The most interesting thing about this group is why it's there in the first place. Why did NASA spend money and pay these people for a year? Is something imminent and they're testing the water before telling us? What do you think? Let me know. Is it also a coincidence that NASA this year, as reported by Neural Magazine, had a team of scientists submit a proposed draft framework on how the USA government should inform the public should they contact intelligent life in space? However, with their track record and only releasing official confirmation that UFOs, or UAPs as they call them, officially exist after decades, we won't hold our breath for anything anytime soon. David Kipping of Columbia has published a paper in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the USA entitled Formation and Resolution of the Red Sky Paradox. The paper is full of mind-boggling maths and physics, but to try and sum it up, Kipping states that the majority of the stars in the universe are red dwarfs, yet we don't even see one around us, and we orbit the much common yellow dwarf, which is our sun. Thus, if we can find more yellow dwarfs that are nowhere near, relatively speaking, the very abundant red dwarfs, and they are orbited by rocky planets, we can start to calculate the likelihood of life, which, according to the paper, is highly probable. I'll leave you to work out all the maths. Vice ran an interview with Dr Gary Nolan, a professor at Stanford University, who amongst other things assesses metal from alleged UFOs. He won't say what government organisation asked him to look at the pieces, but of the ones he's looked at, he says they are inhomogeneous, meaning they are incompletely mixed. The elements are similar to our elements, but have an altered isotope ratios, 
which makes no sense for our use on Earth, but shows 100% that they've been engineered by some sort of intelligence. As with everything, Fortin, the more answers you get, the more questions arise. Sarnit News reported on December the 15th that a UFO was seen flying over, and I'm going to hope I pronounce this right, Semiahamau Bay in White Rock, British Columbia. It was described as a morphing object that began just as a plume of smoke or mist, which then became supersaturated dark like a low-hanging, free-moving cloud, and it looked like it was trying to touch down on the water to form a water spout, and up above it there were literally circling clouds. The witness continued that as soon as it would touch the water, it would start pulling water up, and then it would collapse. It would then disappear for a second, as if it would go into the water, and reform again in another area. He said that it was peculiar, as it looked solid when it was in the water, and moved at great speed, but when it hit the water, it made no splashes, as if it didn't actually interrupt the water's viscous at all. Others waded in to say that what he witnessed was a flock of birds, because birds famously make no splash when they enter the water, and become solid as one underneath the surface. Of course, while others have said it could be a submarine or military gear, the witness, however, is convinced it's aliens, which although he has no evidence is more plausible than the bird theory. Hot Air magazine reported as to what would actually happen if people did storm Area 51. In 2019, you may remember, there was an event organised via social media called Storm Area 51 that can't stop us all. Paul Seaburn from Mysterious Universe, under the Freedom of Information Act, requested information as to what would happen if people did storm the site. He found that on July the 22nd, 2019, the FBI, law enforcement, Nevada DPS, Bureau of Land Management, Department of Defense Representatives, NNS and Base Security all met to discuss this potential. The showed Area 51 has layers of countermeasures. First, you will be detained by military personnel wearing camouflage with no discernible identification. They would then be taken to detention camps. However, if the personnel didn't stop people, they would be met with what the report states is automated deadly force countermeasures. In other words, some robotic system will kill you, making the conspiracies of what they are hiding in there even greater if they're just going to shoot you dead for even just getting close. A scientist named Gene Ward was looking at footage captured by NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, according to Oakland News Now, and spotted a strange sight in the Kandor Chikasma. From the images that are uploaded, it does indeed look as if a saucer-shaped object has reached the surface at a low trajectory and at high velocity, hitting the surface and skidding along, leaving gouges in the Earth before coming to a stop and being partially buried. The saucer is thought to be between 40 and 50 metres in circumference. From the evidence, I have no doubts that something has crashed down on Mars's surface. But is it a craft, or is it just some circular space junk? Go and have a look at the picture yourself. The Daily Star covered a story of an Alberta, Canada man who saw a slow-moving oval in the sky while out walking his dog, which changed to a square shape, but was largely dismissed as a plane. What hasn't yet been dismissed as a plane is an incredible footage taken from NASA's feed from the International Space Station, filmed on June the 9th but published by Animalian. The live feed shows the sudden appearance of an object that looks like something straight out of Star Wars. It seems to suddenly appear in the background and stay hovering, shaped in a symmetrical V-shape with something long and thin hanging down. As listeners know, I'm very sceptical about many of these sightings and often attribute paradelia to excited ufologists and funny-shaped rocks. However, 
This seems to be of some sort of intelligent designs. Whether that is interstellar, Earth-based military, or something from another planet or dimension, I'm sure if you look at this footage, you will also be awestruck. And as I always say, I um, upload every single article that I speak about on the show, and many others, there's I think about 50,000 on there at the moment, um, from uh, on the, the Flipboard app. If you just search for 14 News Podcast on the Flipboard app, you will find every single article that I research every single day on there, and you can follow it and check out some of the things for yourself. Scottish newspaper The Daily Record reported that residents have been left stunned as 7am on the 18th of December, three bright dots appeared in the sky in a video taken on Byers Road in West End, Glasgow. Many residents reported, filmed or took photos of the three glowing lights which hovered in a triangular formation and lasted for 10 minutes, similar to other sightings of triangles around the world. Pop singer Kim Wilde has appeared on TV and stated she's sure they will find some confirmation of other life other than our own planet before she passes away, even if it is just of microbes. This certainty comes after a moment that had a profound effect on her in 2009, when 61-year-old Kim saw a UFO. She describes that in Hertfordshire, 12 years ago, she stared at a huge light dancing in the sky with another small light in a way she'd never seen before. She stated that afterwards two helicopters flew over with spotlights, but the lights just remained. But why leave it to scientists to discover them, when you could find them for yourself? That is what an unnamed man did in December, when the police were called, after a man was doing donuts in a limo and ploughed through the fence at the McCarran's International Airport in Las Vegas. The airport was evacuated and the police were called after the man threatened airport staff, saying he had a bomb while he was wearing a clown mask. He then parked by a jet which he told police he was going to steal so he could go to Area 51 and see the aliens. Because let's be honest, if we want aliens to meet civilians, this would be the first guy Earth should choose, obviously. The Daily Star reported that psychic Yuri Geller has stated that aliens have been studying us for years and their contact is forthcoming and when they will land it will be like a Steven Spielberg production. The paper goes on to report that Yuri made his comments after NASA documents reveal they believe aliens have already been on Earth. He believes they'll probably land on the President's lawn and it will happen at least 60 to 75 years from now. Thank goodness it wasn't in the past few years. Imagine them landing and thinking that either Trump or Biden were the best specimens of humanity that we chose to lead us on this planet. Yuri went on to claim that he was shown a piece of a crashed UFO that rocket scientist Werner von Braun had in the 70s when he was aiding the CIA, which was kept in a freezer. Yuri believes they are finally revealing themselves, and they are gentle and friendly, because if they had not been, we would have already been destroyed years ago, a bit like Yuri's TV career. He wasn't the only celebrity to claim that last month. EastEnders actor Danny Dyer claims that aliens are monitoring us as global warming harms the Earth, as he stated on his podcast. Well, I've seen a couple, but I won't go into it now. There's the grey ones, which are the communist ones with, like, massive heads. You go back to Egyptian times and some of the stuff they were scratching on walls. They were being visited quite often by aliens, and of course, you didn't have mobiles or internet, so no one could really declare it. The only way you could declare it, you were visited by an alien, was by scratching it on a brain wall. I need to be careful, because with Danny talking about UFOs in such amazing commentary on his podcast, I'm going to be out of a job. And he's not the only one speaking out recently. Gemma Collins from The Only Way is Essex recently spoke on her podcast saying, don't worry, I won't do the accent this time. <laughs> I believe in aliens. 
My mum actually met one on a train. She said she was sitting on a train and saw this guy and thought there was something weird about him. Her sixth sense being a witch, it didn't feel right, so my mum started to feel uncomfortable. She then said her mum spoke to the alien who was holding a newspaper telepathically by getting the alien to rustle the paper three times to confirm it was him from another planet. The eyes were dead, so literally she said in her head, rustling the newspaper up and down, go up and down with the newspaper three times if you're an alien. He done it. My mum reckons this guy was reading her mind. The alien literally formed as a human, but she's never gotten over that story. Neither have we, Gemma. Neither have we. A couple of things, though. How do you rustle a paper up and down and left and right? And also, if he's going to do that telepathically, he might as well come up to you and say, Lovely day we're having, aren't we? By the way, yes, I am an alien. Enjoy reading your amazing journalism in this here daily sport. Marvellous stories in here. Good day to you. Daily Star reported a lady named Karen Ara was out cycling in Wiltshire, England, around a hedge-lined road and saw strange lights saw past in the evening sky. The orange lights were moving in directions impossible of normal aircraft, according to the report. Karen stated, I saw a fleet of them. There were maybe 15, and I knew what it was straight away. It was as if they saw me, and I did wave at them, and when I did, some of them went invisible. She watched as two of the craft descended from the sky, with one moving around behind a tree from Karen only eight feet away. She described it as being very small, only three feet high, and very flat and wide. She said it also appeared to be lightweight, which how you assess by looking at it is something I don't know. Karen continued, however, that I had the impression that the orange glow people see is the craft tilted right over on its side, but when it was near me it was lying flat. She claimed it made not a whimper of sound, but the orange glow is the energy that powers the extraterrestrial craft. She said that the craft suddenly used an infrared beam because intergalactic craft do use the same technology we do to change our TV stations. Karen said she shut her eyes and jolted her head back, and with that, the craft went invisible, although she saw a few more flying overhead, and then either went into the sky or just disappeared. The orange lights are similar to the ones reported by multiple people over Bristol earlier in 2021. Also in the paper, it reported on the 13th of December that glowing orbs have been reported and videoed above a quiet town south of Madrid in Spain. In the video, a group of around 200 glowing white orbs are in the sky, in formation before disappearing. As the person videos the sight, other people step out their cars to also view the spectacle. Many people are convinced that this is unexplained, while others believe it's a drone display. Let me know what you think. A Reddit user, Brookside12, posted a video where he was out on a boat trip and saw a small circle drifting in and out of the clouds, in their words, almost as if it was phasing in and out. They should just be very grateful that they weren't abducted by aliens. A study carried out by Zaragoza University in Spain found that 47.3% of people who have claimed to have been abducted suffer the same level of PTSD as those who have been kidnapped by humans. Another study, this time carried out by Dr Nolan, a professor of pathology at Stanford University, studied to investigate the effects of being close to UFO. He examined 100 cases of pilots who were close to UFOs and had then suffered brain damage. He carried out MRIs and blood analysis instrumentation and stated that their brains resemble the brains of people that suffer multiple cirrhosis with an overconnection of neurons and it's said that over a quarter of the patients died from their injuries.
What's amazing isn't just the study and the results, it's the fact that a university funded and let the professor research this, meaning that they believe UFOs and the phenomena is absolutely real and true. roundup of all the cryptid and animal news in December. A couple of Pennsylvanian deer hunters stated they found real evidence of Bigfoot since they've been hunting from 2015 in private woodland. Hacking through some thick briars, they found a large opening with a stack of interwoven sticks on top of some logs. They stood on top of the structure and it held both their body weight and emitted a very earthy pungent smell. They couldn't find the opening to the structure and felt it was on the far side which faced a cliff and was therefore hard to reach. They next walked to another clearing and saw what they describe as a black ball of fur in the distance a quarter of a mile down the hill and assumed it was a bear, although they'd never seen one in that area before. They turned away for a second to talk to each other and when they turned back the creature had travelled 150 yards away from them in just one second, a feat seemingly impossible. After this sighting, the pair walked back to the truck, a walk of around an hour and a half. On the way, a rock flew out of nowhere and stopped them in their tracks. They could not see anyone in the vicinity, and no one would respond to their attempts at communication. However, as they kept walking, they could hear twigs and limbs cracking in the undergrowth, and intermittently would notice the same smell that appeared from the log structure. When they got to the truck, they waited for an hour, but heard no more sounds. They were sat smoking and chatting, and after an hour, they stood up, and as they did, they said they heard something big got up and took off, but they could not see what or where it was. They started to load the truck and heard strange growls and howls, which they cannot replicate, and sounded like nothing they knew. The pair stopped hunting at that space and instead went to a different area, but have stated that the signs of Bigfoot continue even there. On the 18th of December, an article in Local Law asked, Could large mounds in southeastern Kentucky be the graves of dead Bigfoot? Thomas Markham, a cryptozoologist in Kentucky, thinks we haven't found a Bigfoot corpse or skeleton, so they must bury the dead. To be fair, I have seen a lot of humans, but never come across a human corpse or skeleton, so he could be onto something. The sites he found of two large mounds of dirt and rocks around 30 to 40 feet apart in the middle of the forest, an area where many Bigfoot encounters and footprints are found. Now, I may not be an expert, but there could be a way to resolve this massive mystery once and for all. I mean, I have a shovel and a couple of hours spare. Get in touch. It has been a bumper record year for Nessie sightings in 2021, with a total of 16 going on the official register. The Daily Record reported some of the best of the year. Eon O. Fodagadun watches live streams, as in cameras, not walkways, hoping to capture sightings of the cryptid. In November, he spotted what was described as a dark object on top of the water which ducked below the surface when a boat came, which to me looks like a video of a boat floating past a whole lot of nothing. One of the most compelling videos is taken by a wild camper, Richard Outdoors, uploaded to his YouTube channel. Taken from above the shore, the drone catches what appears to be an obvious plesiosaur 
basking below the water in the shallows, stating, I had to rewind the footage several times and I've watched it several times since. I don't know what it is, but it certainly has the same shape as previous sightings of Nessie. Richard potentially watched it many times in the editing booth as experts state that the creature wouldn't be illuminated in that light but instead be a silhouette, meaning it is fate. In August, eight-year-old Londoner Benjamin Scanlon was aboard the Nessie Hunter when he spotted a sonar image of something three to four metres in length at a depth of around 20 metres. In June, a tourist spotted an unidentified creature for two seconds on the surface near Urquhart Castle and in March, American webcam spotter Kaylin Wangle spotted a large shaped surface and float along until out of sight when she posted it on YouTube. All enough to spark interest, but nothing to cement proof as of yet. The most interesting Nessie stories involve footage of the Loch Ness monster being carried off by police after it was being arrested at the COP26 protest. The cops got the orders wrong, which to arrest some criminal monsters all of whom were actually on the inside of the summit. And the best of the year belongs to a listing which as of writing is currently on eBay listed as a rare cheeto art resembling the Loch Ness Monster one-of-a-kind collectible. This amazing cheeto is on sale for $850,000, around £630,283, and looks much like every other cheeto I've seen. I made an offer for $1, Enough to buy a whole bag of Loch Ness lookalike Cheetos, but sadly my bid was declined. Driving back from Hartford, Connecticut, from Springfield, Massachusetts, an anonymous driver was 45 minutes into their journey at night when they came across a highly putrid-smelling deer corpse in the middle of the road. The driver drove around the dead deer, but then noticed something running by the passenger side of the car. They said it ran on two legs, but had a gait that made it look as if it was on four at times. Its skin was human-coloured, but had an almost haunched spiny back and a bald head. It was human-shaped, gangly, and around four to five feet. The driver sped off, and the wraith creature veered into the woods, and they said they would never, ever drive on that road again. Another story of something similar was out last month. A man went out walking in the woods at 1900 hours in the Titabawesi Nature Reserve in Michigan, he set up a tent and got inside. He awoke from his sleep and heard a scream, except it sounded like it was human but not quite. He grabbed his hunting knife and went out with his torch to scour the area. The screaming stopped and was replaced by an almost squirrel-like chattering. As his torch beamed through the dark forest, they suddenly came upon two eyes brighter than a deer's in the headlights standing around a hundred yards away. So our explorer ventured forwards, approaching the ice to determine what woodland creature this may be. As it got closer, it started to scream again, except this time the scream was far more primal, so the chap stopped dead. The creature stepped forward, moving like a spider. Its body was thin, gangly and pale with human skin. It had no ears and no nose, but it had a thin mouth. It seemed very tall, but because it was moving spider-like, its height was hard to determine. The man screamed himself this time, and sprinted as fast as he could to the relative safety of his tent, waited until light, and left immediately. The Guardian published an article on the 28th of December, entitled, Tall Tales, Why Does the Myth of Exotic Big Cats Prowling the Australian Bush Persist? 
The article's viewpoint, as stated in the title, is that these big sightings are a myth. Despite, in the same article, it also claims a government report was inconclusive either way, not ruled out due to lack of evidence, and the fact that some scat was found and proven to be leopard, and DNA testing hairs were found to be definite leopard hairs once tested. Look, my view is we know that big cats exist in the relatively built-up area of Britain. Then surely, the chance of them being even more elusive in the vast size of the outbook is even more plausible and believable. In fact, the Gloucestershire Live reported big cats are scavenging like urban foxes. The article states that big cat claims used to be scoffed at by the general public, but so many sightings have occurred, seemingly genuine, that the big cats may be getting bolder during lockdown, allowing them come to come closer to human settlements. The Express reported on December the 20th that a man in Devon was being watched by a caracal on Dartmoor, mere feet away from the creature. The caracal is a wild cat native to Africa, the Middle East and Central Asia. He described it as being sandy-coloured, with a striped face and tufts from its ears. Interestingly, after talking to uh, Tim um, about big cats and this this type of thing, I was driving back from York a couple of days later and uh, drove through Raincliffe Woods and uh, saw what must be a lynx or some type within the lynx family. It was had really long legs, but its body was of the size of a smallish dog, and it had like a definite, you know, feline head. Um, it, it was there by the side of the road and it darted straight into the trees. I only saw it for a couple of seconds. Um, it actually convinced me to go out and buy a, a camera for my car. So hopefully when these things kind of occur, I can post the footage, which would be amazing. The Oregonian published the story of a crow who wanted to join Grant's past school fifth grade class. It flew down and started looking in rooms before deciding on one classroom where it entered and helped himself to snacks. Strangely, he seemed to like the students and wasn't afraid of them, even so much as landing on some pupils' heads. Then even more astonishing, the bird began talking, saying, What's up? and I'm fine. And then teaching the kids how to say multiple swear words. It turns out it was a pet crow named Cosmo, who escaped from its home and the neighbours had taken it to a rescue centre, not knowing it belonged to their next-door neighbours. The rescue centre then released the crows, thinking it was a wild one, presumably because it didn't tell them to F off. Cosmo was reunited with its owners, who were relieved, as they thought because Cosmo insults people, that someone would actually kill it. On December the 18th, Phantoms and Monsters shared a recently acquired report of a young teen who would sit on his porch in the USA and gaze at the stars in the country evening. One night, there was a strong smell of rotting flesh, which first arrived in the teen's nostrils, followed by the sound of crunching leaves. Next, he saw the silhouette of a creature on all fours walking towards the place he was sat on on the porch. At first, he thought, it was a strangely stinky deer, as it seemed to be between four to six feet on all fours. As it crept closer, it seemed to be completely black, apart from a white patch on its chest, and had white paws, and was sniffing the ground as it approached, and it became clear that this was no deer, but in fact, a ginormous canine. As would do most of us, the team screamed and ran inside, slamming the door behind him, but he heard the bees scratching on the side of the house afterwards. The next day, he found a patch of hair around four by four inches and tried to research what this beast may be, but found no answers. A few nights after, he woke up in the night and was drawn by some sixth sense to look out the window. 
He drew apart his curtains and peered out and saw two bright yellow eyes staring back at him from the area outside the garage. So he drew back the curtains and returned to his bed, but found no trace the following morning. He wasn't sure if it was related, but in the same area by the garage, not long after, he found a shovel abandoned next to a six-foot hole dug in the earth, and another morning, knives from their own kitchen stabbed into the walls of the garage. They moved not long after that, but the team claims, even after he moved, he could smell the stench of rotten flesh every morning before getting on the school bus. I mean, my first pot of call would take a bath and go from there. In Clinton, Washington, the snow has fallen, much to the disgruntlement of a pair of hens, who have taken to sitting on the feet of anyone who steps into the coop yard for a lift rather than standing in the cold. This story reminded me of my son, as anyone who's been in the room with him when he takes his shoes off realises he also has foul feet. Footage appeared and went viral on TikTok of someone seemingly investigating a derelict building and the camera captures a small figure with slimy green skin and pointed goblin ears. Is it a goblin or a fake? Check out the video reported by Daily Star and let me know what you think. If it is a goblin, there's a strong chance it's heading to Eton and gearing up for a career in British politics. In Western Kimberley, Australia, there's becoming a huge problem with drunks. Shout out to all my Australian listeners, apologies for that accent. It is the end of the mango season, so the fruits are getting a little overripe and the high sugar content has meant that the fermentation and production of ethanol has been in quite a high volume, which the parrots are consuming and getting absolutely plastered on, reported ABC Australia. This all sounds quite cute, drunk parrots, until you find out that they've been brought into vets because they've been so wasted they've just flown straight into walls. They're not getting out of the way of the cars, because they're wandering about aimlessly. And when a cat comes along, instead of being scared and flying out the way like they usually do, they're thinking they're 20 men and be like, all right, mate, come on, you little pussy, I'll have you, mate. Trying to start a fight with the cat and getting absolutely mauled. Some parrots are reported being on such big alcohol binges, they've been completely hung over and then malnourished afterwards. Then they're their cousins in India, who have been addicted to opium and been raiding poppy fields. At least we know now how to solve the issue with the parrot problem in London and reduce their numbers. Just get them wasted. Although with that they could just blend in with the locals and form interspecies relationships. Meanwhile, in Texas, residents in Siena wondered why their gardens were destroyed overnight. And when they looked at security cameras, they found 40 hogs roaming through the neighbourhood. You can tell it's a posh neighbourhood though, with its large detached mansions and beautiful lawns. Had it been from a housing project, they wouldn't have stood a chance as every Texan hip-hop record I've ever listened to has a line saying, When they're on my block, we shoot those pigs. If you're listening with any dogs, please cover their ears now. In the Bead district of Maharashtra in India, there's been a complete cull of all puppies. This time it's not down to humans, but Langar monkeys report advice. In what is thought to be a revenge attack after dogs killed a baby monkey, The troops have been catching puppies and dropping them from great heights to their deaths. So much so in one village, called Larval, all puppies have been killed and there are none left. As if that wasn't enough, wildlife officials had to be called in when locals reported that the monkeys then tried to pick up small children and tried to do the same to them. Maybe Planet of the Apes wasn't too far-fetched. Frankenfurter Neil Press has told the story of Jenny, an Arabian horse who takes herself on walks. Owner... Werner Weichelder used to ride her every day, but became too old to be able, 
and then he passed away. Van Verna couldn't ride her, he just left the gate open, and Jenny went on a route and returned home, and has continued doing so even after his death. She has a note attached to a harness saying, I have not escaped, I am just on my local walk. Also, the local police are aware of her unusual arrangement. The Star reported that on December the 13th, a two-headed calf has been born in Nova Venetia in Brazil. It is said to be healthy, although debilitated, not being able to stand up. It must surely be laying there wishing it had been born in a Hindu country, where it would probably be seen as a deity instead of a burger. Phantoms and Monsters shared a report of a man in Fredericksburg, Virginia, who got up to see his baby at 5am. After putting the baby to sleep, he went on the balcony to have a cigarette. It was a full moon, so it was bright outside, and he looked over to the neighbour's yard and saw a figure standing on their shed. It was jet black, as if it was absorbing the light itself, and around eight to nine feet tall. It suddenly launched itself up in the sky and didn't open its wings until it reached a great height, then darted over the trees out of sight. These reports are really interesting because these things like Mothman seem to be able to fly without actual propulsion, without flapping the wings. They just launch themselves. Leftover salmon member Andy Thorne from Boulder, Colorado often goes into the wilderness to strum his banjo, reported My Modern Met. When reading it, I thought so do I until I realised it wasn't a euphemism. His videos have gone viral due to his audience. While playing, he was surprised that a wild red fox wandered up to him, sat down and listened to him play, seemingly enjoying the music. This isn't the first time either. Other times he's played up there, this beautiful creature has come to listen to his music. This, of course, wouldn't surprise the Japanese, who see the fox as a shape-shifting spirit and could have been a rock and roll star in a previous life, come back to listen to the music he once enjoyed. A woman from Glanglochlin in the Denbigshire, Wales, moved into a new home with a wooded area behind their cottage. While exploring, she felt inexplicably uneasy, which she said is strange she spends a lot of time in the wilderness, but felt as if the sixth sense was picking something up or someone predatory. Then a few days later, the lady and her partner were burning some garden waste, and she went inside to make dinner while he stayed outside monitoring the fire. A short while later, he ran inside saying something was sliding down the bank towards him but he couldn't see a thing, although he could hear it, and he could tell it was getting nearer and nearer, which obviously was terrifying. The next peculiar experience was when the lady was outside walking a dog and heard a big whoosh as something swooped past her and she felt a rush of air blow past her face. Turning, expecting to see some sort of bird of prey, she was shocked to see that yet again there was nothing there. However, the invisibility aspect was about to change. One day, while walking by the River Dee, they spotted something big and black running along the path, and as it got closer, they realised it was jet black, canine, and running only on its hind legs. It got to the end of the path and stood there, breathing heavily, looking towards the bridge, getting its breath back, and then it was gone. Although the article didn't say, I imagine they were gone too. Not something you want to stick around for, is it? The Oregon Times reported that the hamster in Beaverton which sounds more like a strip club than a town, was taken into protective custody after a driver was stopped for driving under the influence with a hamster sat on a lap in the car. I love that the official report says the hamster, whose name is unknown, and then goes on to give people advice on safely transporting hamsters in cars when not drunk. But disappointingly, the one thing that it doesn't mention in the article 
is why the lady decided that when she was wasted, she thought, I'm going to take my hamster for a spin around Beaverton, which I'm now going to start using as a euphemism. Finally, here's a roundup of just some of the weird news reported in December. Covid has spawned and recycled hundreds of conspiracies, but a story broke on the 30th of December, which seems to have been ignored, and is weirder than any of the conspiracies, because it's actually true. In Antarctica, the Elizabeth Polar Station is one of the most isolated camps in the world, and is filled with Belgium scientists. All the scientists were vaccinated, isolated for 10 days before setting off, as well as carrying out PCR tests all being negative before they arrived. Despite this, they've had a huge outbreak of COVID. But what does this mean? Are vaccines pointless? Does isolating not stop the spread? Are the tests pointless? Is everything we know wrong? Is COVID an alien infection airborne in every part of the world where there is no escape? Your guess is as good as mine. But for now, all we can do is keep on and keep on helping each other. Scientists have accidentally created a warp bubble, reported Extreme Tech, using the Casimir effect. I know most of you read about the Casimir effect every day, but for those who don't, this is where a small attractive force exists between two uncharged but conductive parallel plates that are held very close together but without actually touching, which now could be used to figure out how we then allow interstellar space exploration. Again, it's a real deep, kind of complicated paper that I've, I've tried to sum up in a short paragraph, but if you want any more information, go and check it out yourself. It's fascinating, if a little uh, confusing to get through at first. The bomb squad were called to A&E in Gloucestershire Royal Hospital after a man turned up with an unexploded World War II artillery shell lodged up his anus. The man was a military collector and claimed that it was cleaning out his collection and fell onto the shell. It amazes me how often this happens. I've covered a few things lodged in men's anuses on this show, and it amazes me, first of all, how many men are doing regular things like cleaning out their collection seemingly completely naked, and second of all, how they always manage to land on that tiny target of the anus. You would be terrified of working with that unexploded bomber there, wouldn't you? Imagine if you slipped and landed on your backside that surely would be a case of explosive diarrhoea. The Guardian has reported that a Japanese professor named Homie Mayashita has developed a lickable TV. The Taste TV uses a carousel of 10 flavour canisters that spray in a combination to create certain flavours. The flavour sample rolls on a hygienic film over a TV screen so the viewer can lick the screen and try the flavours. I used to get told off for licking windows, but then I got into the paranormal and I was told it was okay to be like that. Heinrich Hein University in Dusseldorf, Germany, have developed stem cells in a test tube to grow and respond to light like a pair of eyes. This has the potential for treatments of blindness in the future. PC Gamer has reported that cortical labs in Australia have been growing small puddles of brain cells on microelectronic arrays so they can be stimulated, which have learnt to play Pong and are so good, they've beaten AI. According to the company, it takes 90 minutes for AI to learn to play Pong, but the dish brain, as they're calling it, learns it in five. The idea is 
they could potentially create new gaming chips that mixes genuine brain cells and other technologies together as one. And people were worried that AI would be the thing that takes over. The universe is an autodidact according to a new paper published by Brown University and researchers at Microsoft. This means that the universe teaches itself. To sum up the paper, it states that the universe, like biology, seems to have something woven into it that it will evolve and think of laws of physics to apply to itself and create one new constant. To go deeper into it than that will take an hour of the show alone, so I'll let you dive into that one more if you're interested, but it's a very interesting theory. Last month, National Geographic published an article about London's train for the dead. With the rise in urbanisation, London was getting pretty full, and along with other issues, a solution needed to be found for its growing dead population. Enter the dead train. In 1884, they started to operate the train where bodies would be brought by horse and cart and brought to Waterloo Station, where they would enter the beautifully designed cemetery station. The dead would board the train along with the mourners and the dedicated line would travel to the graveyards, each of which would have their own stations and pubs to serve them. The mourners, of course, not the dead. However, it was not as popular as first hoped and the rising cremation and the automobile meant that its popularity waned. So when Waterloo was bombed in the war, the station was damaged. They decided to close the line, which is a shame because that could have been one heck of a ghost train. British TV personality Holly Willoughby revealed she visited a psychic as a child who told her that she was going to be a huge star. Astute Holly did recognise that this prediction as a child did give her confidence and drive in what psychologists call a self-fulfilling prophecy and that she probably said it to all kids. I'm trying to uncover the Eastbourne Seaside psychic to try and see if she can unravel the even more weird and mysterious enigma being that Holly brought out a book this year and people actually bought and read it. An extremely rare ectopic pregnancy was found in Canada when scans show a baby growing inside a lady's liver. The 33-year-old woman had 14 days of menstrual bleeding with 49 days since her last period so attended hospital. The fertilised egg travels down the fallopian tube into the womb. Very rarely it can get stuck in the fallopian tube causing an ectopic pregnancy. Even rarer, it escapes the tube and enters the abdomen. Even rarer still, so much is almost unheard of, it can enter the liver. In the last 35 years, there have only been 14 cases in the world recorded. Sadly, the poor fetus didn't survive, but the mother managed to be saved. The Sun Journal has reported that a fire in a medical marijuana growing facility has been ruled as a case of spontaneous combustion. The fire was reported at 6.45am, with the grow room being alight, filling the building with thick black smoke. Rumours that the firefighters battled the flames with their gas masks off for the first time in their careers, and left halfway through because they had munchies are yet to be confirmed. Fire inspector Paul Olette said the cocoa husk in the potting soil can spontaneously catch fire through decomposition, which produces bacteria generating heat. This spontaneous soil combustion has been occurring across the country this year, including one in the same state. Back in the UK, Cleveland Fire and Rescue Service have asked people to take extra care when washing large loads of laundry due to a sudden outbreak of spontaneous combustion. The service stated, Although it is not common, it is on the rise and is something to be aware of. 
Hot washing in piles can overheat and can ignite. They warned people not to leave warm laundry in piles, especially in plastic containers. I have to say, after hearing this, I'm taking even more extra special care, as so many people have told me that my clothes make me look real hot. I wish. (laughs) The Mirror reported on December the 17th that Dad, Jamie Hales, was shot when he looked at his arm and saw a big bruise, and it deeply resembled that of Jesus Christ. Jamie said he didn't know how he'd got the injury, but one thing is for certain. If Jesus wanted to send us all a sign, he would do it, fire a minor injury on a factory worker and get the mirror to then report it. In fairness, there is a likeness to the big man on it, or any man with a beard. On December the 29th, in Texarkana, in East Texas, USA, on top of rain, the town saw a shower of fish to ensure that locals ended an odd year in a weird way. This was probably caused by water spouts and updrafts over the ocean, which likely caught hold of a shoal of white bass and then dumped them over the town as the storm lost its energy. The report says that locals were freaked out, but imagine what the fish were thinking. Sadly, there have been tragic killings throughout the year in rural India due to a rising fear in witchcraft and black magic. This month, a man and a boy were killed by a mob in Bagmaravalasa, in Anthagagal, Mandal, in brutal circumstances, and more were injured, reported the Hindi. And apologies again if I mispronounce those names. The local police are trying to organise training to reduce the levels of fear and belief in black magic, as currently, if crops fail or someone becomes ill, the cause is sought to be someone close to the village wishing harm, rather than a national issue of poverty and inequality, creating higher mortality rates and global warming, causing crop failure more frequently. Big shout out to all the Indian listeners. We get a couple of people in India listening to each episode. So thank you so much, and um, yeah, please tell your friends. Videos are being uploaded of Trembling Rock, a.k.a. the Logan Stone or La Roche Tremblante in Hulgot Forest in northeastern France. This rock is a 7 metre oblong beast of pure granite, weighing around 137 tonnes. So heavy, an entire rugby squad should be unable to even budge it. Yet, because of the way it's set in the forest... Even a child, if they push it in the right place, can rock the rock with ease making them look like the Hulk. When you think of searching for archaeological artefacts, you think of sitting in mud or sand, excavating the ground with a trowel in your hand, or visiting a cave and running away from a giant rolling rock. However, Shane Smith in Mississippi was processing the meat of an alligator and found relics aged 8,000 years old, including an atlatl dart point from 5000 BC, and a 3,800-year-old fishing tool. Nits save science. Not quite, but they have found to have another use than the usual job of annoying schoolchildren and selling special shampoos. The Smithsonian reported that nits had been found on a 2,000-year-old mummy of the Ancilta culture from the Andes in San Juan, Argentina, and the pesky glue that so frustratingly sticks the eggs to hair, is found to work in enclosing the human DNA from the hairs it binds. This has allowed scientists to extract the brilliantly preserved 2,000-year-old DNA to find that their ancestors originated in rainforest in Venezuela and Colombia. This method, apart from yielding easy-to-process and higher-quality DNA samples, 
also prevents more invasive, potentially damaging methods preserving the mummies in their original condition and offering a lot more respect to the finds. Also found in the Nicklu was an environmental dust and the virus Merkel cell polymavirus. Discovered in 2008 that it can cause skin cancer, this discovery can mean that head lice have some role to play in its spread. Learning more about DNA, but also of the lice, will help us learn about a prehistoric ancestry and migration, even linking certain lice from one person to the next. While many of us were celebrating Christmas, the Kakul Hidal, also known as the Revolutionary Alliance of Unpopular Men, were protesting the holiday. For 15 years, the organisation in Japan has been protesting any holiday they say is associated with romance, Christmas being one of them, with the aims to crush the holiday. They wish to overthrow what they call love capitalism, and they think that being unpopular with the opposite sex is a form of oppression. You could claim that being unpopular is a form of discrimination, but I find you can become popular by not being a douche, which seems to be far more successful. Lancashire Live reported the story of Meg Shelton, who was buried upside down with a boulder placed on a grave in Woodplumpton Churchyard. Probably quite simply a feminist, or simply having an opinion of her own, Meg was accused of being a witch, and after being found in a cottage dead after being crushed between a wall and a barrel 300 years ago, with her real historic name being Marjorie Hilton, also known as the Witch of Fylde, the Fylde Hag, or the Woodplumpton Witch, Meg has a few legends attached to her. Meg was supposed to be a pretty dab hand at shapeshifting. Once a farmer thought there were more sacks of corn than he had piled, so he started prodding them with a pitchfork. When he got near to the top, one of the sacks screamed as he stuck it with the prongs on his fork and turned into Meg. Another farmer was inspecting his field of dairy cows and noticed an old lady stood in the field accompanied by a goose who was grazing on grass. He wasn't too bothered about letting the old girl plump up a goose by letting it graze with his cows until he noticed that milk was dripping from its bill. In anger, he leapt in the field and booted the goose, which immediately shattered, and he discovered Naughty Meg had transformed a jug into a goose to disguise it from the farmer and was nicking his milk. Another story tells of a hunter spotting a large hare and set his dog on it, thinking of his dinner. The hare broke out in a sprint, but was no match for the dog, who caught up as it entered Meg's cottage. The hare did make it to the safety of the house, but not before the dog bit the hare's leg, and for days after, it was said that old Meg walked with a limp. Why Meg just didn't shapeshift into a lion and go demanding food instead of having to steal it is an absolute mystery to me. When she died, the locals buried her, but got fed up of her rising from the dead and scratching her way to the surface, so they buried her face down, and covered a grave with a large granite boulder. Now it's said, if you stand on the boulder and turn around three times, Meg will grant you a wish. Meg's wish is probably that you would leave her in peace. The Daily Star reported that hybrid human-Z super soldiers are created in a lab for organ harvesting and space travel. It states, and I quote, Attempts to make a hybrid animal with the strength of a chimpanzee but the intelligence of a human were first made a century ago by similar experiments are allegedly occurring in China today. In 2019, Professor Juan Carlos Ispuesa Belmonte reportedly created a human-monkey hybrid which survived for 19 days. 
Stalin ordered an eight-man super soldier to be created so it can work in conditions too dangerous for humans, with declassified documents saying he wanted an unbeatable army of man-apes with immense strength but an undeveloped brain that were resilient and resistant to hunger. To be honest, you could save a fortune just by visiting a few of the small towns and villages around here where I live and you'll find the same results can be gained from breeding with your cousins and you could just leave the monkeys alone. Now the paper claims the People's Republic of China are restarting the programme, with Dr Xi Yongzhang telling the Wen Hu Bao newspaper that he aimed to produce an animal that could speak while retaining the incredible strength of a chimpanzee and potentially birthing the origin story of Wayne Rooney. I suppose philosophically, you know, if you're looking at them creating something that's half chimpanzee and half human, what, what do you do in terms of civil rights with these creatures? And what happens if they then continued to evolve and had higher strength, but also the same kind of human intelligence and become basically a more dominant species? News broke that the Scottish Parliament wants to consider giving a pardon to all the people it put in trial in witchcraft who were then executed. I'm sure the 3,837 mainly women who were wrongly executed will be over the moon on the broomsticks that they've been offered a pardon. Instead, we should move forward at a much faster rate to prevent the female demonisation that's still occurring, but we'll save that for another podcast. Let's be honest, they'd have burnt me straight away when things were flying across the room. The Independent reported that a 29-year-old mum tragically died after spending £6,500 on getting a Brazilian butt lift operation. It's awful that we're becoming a world where we're increasingly worried about our bodies, but if we can make a wonder bra, then we can make a wonder arse. And if Wonderbra are listening, because of course, why wouldn't they be? I do want a bit of the cut for having the idea. Or you can sponsor the show, possibly. Another strange death was reported by Associated Press, which occurred on a therapy farm. A volunteer was repeatedly rammed by a sheep, most probably a ram, and because of her extensive injuries went into cardiac arrest. The non-profit Cultivate Care Farms provides animal-based mental health therapy for children and adolescents. Well, they talk about shock therapy, I suppose. You may have PTSD, because you were once assaulted, but if you saw a docile herbivore, ruthlessly murder a sweet, kind volunteer, it would make your own problems seem pretty trivial. The article states that animal control are deciding what to do with the animal. Let's face it, you want to eat it, and that, that meat is tough. There is a new way to secure a loan if you live in China, but don't have any capital as collateral. Loan companies are offering loans, but you have to send a nude photo of yourself while holding your ID. And if you don't pay, then your photos are sent out, known as naked loan services, according to Chinese Youth Daily. It could backfire, though. I'd borrow half a million, send them a nude, and when the friend to leak it, I'd be like, please do. May even get more listeners and high fives walking down the street. If I was a nude model and there were images of me everywhere, anyway... I'll be exploiting these companies for all they're worth, taking out loans every day. Listeners in China, get on that and it will eventually shut them down. Sticking with that particular subject, or non-sticking as the case may be, December the 5th saw multiple news outlets report that chemicals called PFCs on things like non-sticking frying pans can make a penis significantly shorter and thinner if a pregnant mother is exposed while a child is developing in the womb. The study was carried out by the University of Padua in Italy and could be a great way to get more equality in the kitchen by making men cook by threatening fathers that if the baby's born with a micropenis, anyone who sees it think the genes could come from him. 
Thankfully, Teflon, which uses the chemical, was phased out in 2013, as they found out it could also kill you, which anyone who's seen the brilliant Dark Water film will know about. Which is seriously an amazing film, but also pretty scary when you hear how ruthless these corporations are. In Boban Eswar, India, a loud music procession for a wedding has reportedly killed 63 chickens, giving them a heart attack. Because of my uh, ADHD, I have SPD as well, which is um, sensory processing disorder. There's certain noises that really, like, I can't stand. Like, some people don't like certain noises, but for me, I have to go out the room. Like, if someone's, you know, um, sanding the nails or, like, the sweeping sound sometimes on the ground and stuff like that. But weirdly, and, and this is just really peculiar, like, I, I listen to music all the time. I'm a musician, I'm obsessed with music, but Rihanna... For most Rihanna songs, I just cannot listen to them. They end up driving me like really angry and have to leave the room. And it, even more weird, I was speaking to a few other people with ADHD about this and they all had exactly the same. I don't know what it is about uh, the way Rihanna sings or, or her voice that, that does it. An Austrian surgeon was fined €2,700 for amputating a patient's wrong leg. The mistake was only realised for two days after surgery when changing the bandages according to the independent. The doctor had asked the patient which leg, and the patient didn't articulate properly, and the surgeon marched the wrong leg. A bit like Boris Johnson's excuses recently, the court asked her why she marched the wrong leg. She responded, I just don't know. Yeah, pull the other one. Actually, you can't. The atomic clock adds what's known as leap seconds every few years to countermeasure changes in Earth's rotation, and the microseconds this then adds per day. However, Something has occurred this past decade and scientists just don't know why. The Earth is spinning faster, which in essence is making the day shorter, so scientists may have to remove a second for the first time. So, if you think this past 10 years has flown by, you may be micro-theoretically correct. Rosa Parks was thrown off the bus and helped spark a civil rights movement changing the world further closer to equality. Adam Jen has compared himself to one of history's greats, saying he's 2021's Rosa Parks for being kicked off a plane for having his nose next to a knicker's gusset. He refused to put on a mask and instead wore a pair of ladies' pink knickers across his face. Unless these were donated by a loving friend, surely just buying a mask is actually the cheaper option. Also, pink wasn't his colour. If you were asked where you think they would have discovered a mammoth graveyard, not a big graveyard, actually, one with mammoths. Swindon, in Wiltshire, UK, probably is not your first on your list. But they've found a site with five mammoths buried with Neanderthal tools lying close by. The site may help us know if our ancestors hunted or scavenged these huge beasts. The Independent reported that a camel beauty contest in Saudi Arabia had 40 camels disqualified after judges found they had injected them with Botox to make their faces more appealing, which is against the rules. Some have also been disqualified for having enhanced lips and noses. I saw the win though, and to be fair, even with Botox etc, I still wouldn't. And finally, on the 10th of December the Telegraph printed the headline, Pet Monkey Flushed Down the Lavatory After Being Offered Cocaine. Vicky Holland pleaded guilty to three cruelty to animal charges. The drug dealer from Newport in Wales was in court and footage was shown of her offering a marmoset coke off her fingers and then laughing as the poor creature clings desperately to the bowl of a lavatory as she flushes it. And instead of it having its correct diet, it was fed a typical Welsh diet of burgers, sausages, processed ham and kebabs.
I'm pleased to say the sweet creature survived and now is being looked after at a sanctuary. The monkey, not the drug dealer, just to confirm. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed the show, get in touch. Please do spread the word. Genuinely, like, no BS whatsoever. This show has probably taken me between 40 to 60 hours on top of my normal work this month to, to write and research and complete. So I really appreciate it if you just left a review and just passed it on there, let someone else know. Um, thank you so much for listening. It's um, absolutely wonderful to hear from you guys as well. So do do kind of get in touch on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And um, I'm going to upload it now and go to bed. And then probably tomorrow start trying to write uh, January's as we're getting close to the end of the month. So much love to every single one of you. It's been a really crazy year last year. So I hope all of you are safe and well and that you haven't lost loved ones and are all doing okay. It's a crazy time. Let's hope this year's a bit better. Um, in the world and and we all find some some peace and start living normal lives again not too normal though because we need things on this show do get in touch get me tell me your stories tell me what you've enjoyed and any questions as i say we're going to do another show after this that's a a short show that's just me kind of answering some questions and telling you about some of the other experiences that some of you've asked to hear so uh yeah i'm off to bed and good night everyone take care happy new year And much love to each and every one of you. Good night.